Welcome to the Sanford Startups podcast, where we journey into the minds of the brightest and the best founders the region has to offer. We're here to connect the founders in the studio with the founders listening at home. We sincerely hope the next half an hour inspires, motivates, or educates you. And if it does, you know where the follow button is. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Salim Bhatti, the co-founder of Stars Play Arabia, which was the first subscription-based OTT platform, not only in the UAE, but also in the region. Today, we'll take a look into the journey all the way from traction to fundraising to also locking horns with OTT titans such as Netflix. We are really excited to hear about this journey and we're really happy to have you on our podcast today, Salim. Welcome. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So, Salim, I think it makes sense to start at the start, uh, maybe in the ideation phase, perhaps. What was it that led you to believe that this was, uh, this was something that, needed, that was needed in the market? So the idea came to a, a bunch of us, and there were two camps. One camp came from the HBO Nordic experience, where we, uh, that's where I came from, where we helped to launch um, a streaming service out of Sweden for HBO, their first ever um, streaming uh, platform outside of the US. Uh, and another party came from MENA um, and pay TV operators here. So going back to the uh, HBO Nordic one, we were kind of finished there and we were looking for the next gig. What are we gonna do next? Right. Now we built up all this experience and expertise in building applications, uh, building you know, TV platforms, if you would. And we thought, let's start there. We can offer that service to operators globally and um, help them launch their own TV platforms or streaming platforms. And then we thought, okay, well, we also have now payments and billing and uh, a backend sort of operations under our belt too. So let's factor that in. Now we can do systems as well, as well as the front end uh, and the video streaming part. And then along came the content guys and said, well, look, we've got all this knowledge now of acquiring content and programming content. And we've got all these contacts in Hollywood. So mm. why don't we add that in there as well? We were kind of talking our, our, ourselves out of creating a technology company and then what it looked like we were trying to do was to create a new streaming service. And that's exactly what we landed on um, in a roundabout way. Uh, and we got connected with a couple of uh, people out of, uh, out of MENA who were working at a pay TV operation. And they had similar ideas as well. Um, and that's how um, the idea for this, for this operation sort of uh, really came together. Um, there was a couple of interested parties and it was the right time to do it. Netflix were just launched as well um, in Europe. I think at that time they were launching okay. countries and uh, Netflix launched against HBO Nordic in Sweden and they launched a couple of months before. So the race was on mm -hmm. uh, and this is where, you know, it gets really exciting. So it sounds like the idea was there, but it was just the format that you weren't so sure on. So that maybe was the, the part that you needed to, to feel out. Was there anything during that process that like really told you, okay, this needs to be an OTT service? Well, the, the whole world was, was trying to shift towards that. Um, the studios, the major studios in the US were looking at the next opportunity. Um, pay TV and cable TV were coming to some kind of conclusion. There was mass saturation. And like I said, Netflix had launched, uh, Amazon Prime had launched globally mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there was all this content that needed homes and studios had wanted their own their own streaming services because they were selling to Netflix at the time. And I think stars in the US kind of kickstarted Netflix's efforts 
by selling them a whole bunch of content in the beginning. Mm -hmm. oh. um, so everybody wanted a piece of this, but didn't really know how to go about doing it. Mm. So um, that was one sort of driver uh, for us to try and put a service together where we could aggregate and buy content from all the studios mm -hmm. uh, and have it streaming on our own platform. So you're saying there was all this content that needed a home, but obviously, of course, part of the service as well is coming up with original content. What is maybe the need or the benefit of having your own original content as well as content that already exists that you're purchasing? So the original content uh, makes sense in terms of locking in exclusivity. So if you have um, your own content and you have it streaming on your platform and if people want to come and see it, then that's the only place they can come and see it. So that drives um, uh, more subscribers, more subscription to your platform. Um, and this is why you see the likes of Netflix um, creating a lot more original content uh, these days and they've been doing it for the past 10 years mm -hmm. is because at some point all the content that they'd licensed was going to be going away from mm -hmm. them. And that's yes. been gradually happening over time. You're right. And then they can still hold on to what's theirs originally. You only need to look as far as like Stranger Things, for example, to see how much like craze, you know, if you get one original piece of content correct. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It works wonders. It's, a, it's it? a big driver. And Netflix, I remember, used to create press releases right. um, with, with the launch of these, uh, with the launch of their originals, uh, with the purpose to drive subscribers and drive as much PR as possible. Because earlier they were banking on, let's say, uh, the Marvel Studios. Many of their uh, movies were on Netflix, but before Disney Plus, this could be possible. Mm. But after Disney Plus, all the content moved out. So there were many people who just watched it for Marvel. But yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah. So fundraising can be immensely challenging for startups. But this didn't seem to be the case for Stars Play, which raised over $125 million. So uh, definitely you'll have memorable points to mention on that but a connected question with that would be is it the the team is it the growth or is it something else that is crucial for the fundraising factor yeah look the the number of uh, 125 million dollars sounds really great and that's obviously the the end goal was to raise uh, money for this um, mm -hmm. but like you like you know you guys uh, it, it's an effort it's a journey to get there um, I remember we used to come to the region here actually um, from Spain um, and sit in front of uh, family offices and sovereign funds. And at the time, Netflix wasn't here. Uh, mm -hmm. Amazon Prime wasn't here. So a streaming service concept didn't really resonate with anybody. Um, so trying to explain what TV online is and means and how it differentiates from pay TV and satellite uh, and managed TV service, IPTV services from telcos was a bit difficult um, because the question would always come back to, well, why do we need that? Well, because you can watch it on your cell phone and you can watch it anywhere uh, at, at any time and it's much cheaper than a, a broader pay TV service. So that's, um, that was a, a, cha a challenge. And eventually we, we never really raised any money here. Um, okay. mm. People were more into their commodities and tangibles, if you could touch and feel something, then mm -hmm. yes, maybe they'd invest in, in oil or gas or something. Yeah. But um, online TV was just not um, something that uh, resonated. So you, you say that um, the likes of Netflix and Amazon uh, Prime and video weren't here yet. So clearly you had a first mover's advantage, but it sounds like that actually didn't work too well in your favor because there was a lack of market education. 
Can you explain that dichotomy? Yeah, so we did have to educate the market. Um, and we were helped as well by our partners. So what we did was we uh, partnered with a lot of the telcos, in fact, all of the telcos in the region over time. Mm -hmm. And that became a, a massive distribution channel for us. And that was fueled our growth across the region um, where people could pay with their cell phones uh, and their mobile accounts. Mm -hmm. That made it mm -hmm. even simpler to join the service. You'd get a, a trial offer first for 30 days and then you would start paying after that. So it was, it was easing people in. Um, and again, we were the only ones who actually integrated with all of the telcos. More recently, you'll find everybody else doing that. And I think Netflix are trialing that in India. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, Amazon are, are partnered everywhere these days. But back in those days, back in the early days, when we launched after 2015, we were the first ones to do that. Mm -hmm. so, with the so being the first mover definitely gave you the sense of the market's pulse. But also these strategic partnerships helped you get a stronghold and retain your position in the market as, as the first movers, preparing you for anybody else coming into the market. Yeah, uh, and on top of the telcos, there was the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers, the mm -hmm. TVs, Samsung, LG, Apple yeah. TV. Uh, we would get prominent um, tile spots, uh, number one or two or three. So you wouldn't have to download and install the application. It was there, so you just hit it um, signed in if you'd signed up elsewhere, mm -hmm. or you could sign up on the TV as well. It was a very quick process. So just tracking back there a little bit, obviously you've, you've, you guys raised $125 million. Um, that's an incredible sum of money and only a fraction of a fraction of, of founders will ever see the likes of that, um, you know, with failure rates and things like that. And funding is incredibly difficult to achieve. Um, but with as nice as that is, it comes with its own stresses and, and, and challenges. Um, what did you find most challenging, perhaps, about building a, a talented team? So, the it was uh, you know we we had a few few decisions to make early on. Uh, the regular route you would go with a startup is that you build your software. That's what it's all about, right? Then you get the multiples at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. If you own the IP, when it comes to software, we didn't have that luxury. We needed to launch as fast as we could because of that $125 million over time that we'd raised, mm -hmm. uh, time to market becomes a pressure. Yeah. So we used a lot of uh, integrators, a lot of partners and vendors, uh, software vendors uh, and consultants to put everything together. We were essentially building four or five companies, if you would. There was oh. a, a front end aspect to it where we were building applications uh, for various platforms, uh, TVs and, and, and mobile operating systems, etc. Um, there was a payments and billing uh, integrations that we needed to do with regular payment providers and then also telcos. Mm -hmm. Those are actually separate companies today uh, that exist. Yeah. Um, there was a content component of it where we were doing a lot of content acquisition and programming. And there are companies that do that for you today as well, mm -hmm. and probably back then too. Um, and then there's the general sort of IT, uh, NOC, monitoring, uh, streaming, uh, distribution, um, and networking that needed to be done. And again, those are operations and enterprises that help you to do that. And then video engineering was an entirely separate one, okay. which is where we would take the raw video files and make sure that they are um, transcoded into a format where 
they work for whatever device that you play out on. And again, those are services offered by companies. So mm. there were big operational pillars that mm. we needed to put together. And we couldn't build that from scratch. That is multi, multi years and multi, multi million dollar investments. Uh, and again, having that money, we needed to launch and mm. get to market. So initially we would hire people uh, internally that came on as project managers mm -hmm. with a view to then becoming product and technology leaders to then help us to hire um, faster internally. So they would get exposure via our partners and, and consultants to get educated uh, and bring themselves up to speed on how things are done across all of the various technology aspects at least um, so that they could then hire internal people at the same time and we'd ramp up in that way. So over time, we did become owners of our own technology, mm -hmm. um, but we started out with uh, off-the-shelf um, off tech. It's often said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you know, Absolutely. find some people to help you. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like it was the case. Yeah. Although you did need to go to market very quickly, um, but there's no shortcut to that, unfortunately. No. Never is. So after the funding stage, uh, the most exciting part is the scaling, right? Definitely, it's a thrilling experience, but there are many behind-the-scenes factors that you have to take into account while scaling, right? So could you mention some important aspects that you had to do in order to reach the scale that you did with Starsplay? Yeah, <laughs> so many. <laughs> um, we can start with one. Uh, let me try and explain this and set it, set it up. So to get our content out there, it needs to be streamed off of servers, right? Mm -hmm. So we call these um, CDNs, content distribution networks. And we started off with public CDNs. Mm -hmm. So likes of Akamai and, and Amazon CloudFront and Level 3, which is now Century 21. Um, so we had a couple of CDNs where if, if a piece of content was playing off of one and it failed, then the other CDN would pick it up. And, you know, these are high cost um, services. So a lot of the streaming um, costs um, for the platform were in the final sort of delivery on the streaming side of things. So sometimes your, um, your stream wouldn't go directly to the people, in, let's say if it was in Dubai and there was a pop, a, a point of presence here mm. uh, from a CDN. Sometimes when you press play, you get the video playing pretty quickly back to you within 10 seconds, let's say. Sometimes that same um, request for play would go via London uh, and Ireland and then come back to you. So it adds a few more seconds or half a second, let's say, which, you know, when you press play in a video, mm. you expect it to play fairly quickly back to you, just like a, a cable or a satellite uh, experience. Um, so one of the things we did after launch was look into creating our own private CDN, which means that we could then control the network traffic. So we didn't have to have it going, hopping over to Europe or Asia before it comes back to you. Uh, and there's enough steps involved in playing a video anyway. So if we can eliminate one of them, then that was a great start. So we did that. We built our own private CDN when we put it in, in, in Dubai um, at the local IX here. Uh, we also put another um, CDN in the south of France, in, mm -hmm. in Marseille, I think, which is another landing for uh, the North Africa region. And that played out video quicker to our customers in North Africa. Wow. So uh, there's a question I wanted to ask because it's 
Netflix essentially is a software as a service. So there is always talks about customers churning out of the platform. Um, and of course, you have certain metrics, which is measuring uh, the amount of hours or minutes a particular account uses. So is there a way to mitigate this attrition of customers? How do these platforms usually take care of that? Would, would that be... Uh, I, think, I think that's content. It's content okay. and experience. So mm -hmm. your content is going to drive engagement. And if people are not engaged, then they will churn out. Um, so you can, you can look at generally um, how a piece of content is playing out and how many people are watching it and what the engagement is like. And okay. if it's really high, then you keep that in a prominent sort of um, space on the, on the hero or elsewhere where it's going to get picked up and it comes up a lot in recommendations. Mm -hmm. um, one thing no one's going to tell you either is that um, we do a lot of curation, uh, curation of content. Curation, okay. Because we've paid a lot of money for content uh -huh. and a particular piece that we paid a lot of money for, we're going to promote. Mm. Whether sometimes it's, um, it's as engaging as other content it will always be prominently placed because we've spent a lot of money on it mm -hmm. and no one's going to admit that. Right. Uh, and recommendations are one thing, but curation and then getting your uh, content uh, front and center because you've paid for it is, uh, is, is another. Um, other things such as experience. Yeah. So if your UI and your UX is up to par, then people will use that as a, uh, um, it will be comforting mm -hmm. to move from one piece of content to another on the platform, and that works quite well. Um, if it's not, and if there's glitches, yeah. then that gets noticed very quickly, and mm -hmm. people will find content elsewhere on other platforms. Mm. So again, I'll go back to the point I made about the CDNs. The CDN yeah. experience and play out is um, a huge part of the UX, because if it content takes a little longer to play, then people will start looking and start wondering why. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you press play, there are 15 or to 20 processes that need to happen. First mm. of all, we need to check if you're a subscriber. So it goes yeah. off to check the database to see if you're a subscriber. Uh, if you are, then what kind of content do you have access to? Mm. Next, we need to check if you've, um, uh, if, if, uh, if, if there is, other types of content on the mm -hmm. platform, um, whether it's ad supported or um, other types, we need to see what type of content you have access to. Mm -hmm. um, and then check if you've paid and what your latest okay. billing um, status is. Mm -hmm. And then we serve you content from your, the closest location to you. Mm. So if you're in Dubai, great. If you're in Saudi, then we need to route the content from the closest CDN there. Okay. And all of that needs to happen in seconds, seconds, seconds <laughs> so that it comes back to you yeah. in an acceptable um, time frame. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you're going to start asking questions. Why? Why am I here when I could be on other streaming platforms? So, Selim, we're running out of time here, so I'll just wrap up with one last question. I'm a firm believer that the majority of our learning comes from experience. Um, so looking back at your time with Stars Play and, and, and everything you've been through, what would you perhaps do differently if you were to go back in time to your initial uh, time with Stars Play? Oof. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, look, if we, if we could have launched quicker, faster, using different technology, or better technology, if you would, we would have done that. If there was something that 
would boil the ocean, okay. uh, we would have used it. And Netflix would have used it too. Mm -hmm. So the technology really didn't exist as one out-of-the-box solution back in the day. Uh, and I think um, from where we started and where we are today and where the company is today, um, we did a fairly okay job. Um, sure, there probably are some things that we could have done a little differently. Um, but I think with the results that the company's achieved uh, in more recent times, um, yeah. then uh, if we would have gone back and, and tinkered with something, um, maybe the company wouldn't be there today. Thank you so much, Salim, for uh, joining us on this podcast again. And it's really uh, amazing to have you and talk about your journey with Starsplay. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We really hope that you had an insightful experience. And we've got plenty more nuggets of knowledge and snippets all over our social media. So be sure to follow for more. Until then, Sandpit Startups.